Welcome. This is All the Fuck In, a podcast from two entrepreneurs about showing up for social justice in your work. This isn't your typical capitalist-focused entrepreneurial business podcast. There are already plenty of those. We're here because we've been craving voices rooted in activism, justice, and integrity with those values. These are conversations about all things business and entrepreneurship, but from a radical perspective that says we don't have to choose between social justice values and being successful in our work. This won't be a place where we claim to have all the answers. Our intention is to offer guidance and support while also encouraging our listeners to discover and live into more questions. We believe these conversations require ongoing practice and a consistent dedication to unlearning. If you're ready to go all the fuck in on what matters most while creating an abundant life, you're in the right place. And a quick note on our content, we believe self-care is radical and non-negotiable in the work of both justice and entrepreneurship. So some of these conversations include mention of trauma, both from a systemic and often racialized perspective and in relationship to experiences like sexual violence. We hope you do what you need to take care of yourself while listening, even if that means pausing and returning to an episode at another time or skipping it altogether. Welcome back. Uh, This is Tristan speaking. My pronouns are they, them. And this is Lauren. I use she and her. And we're glad to be back with you all. Um, We're doing an episode, just the two of us today, and we'll kind of just see where the conversation goes. (laughs) Um, I want to start by, so in the last time Lauren and I recorded together, Lauren shared with us all that she got engaged. And this time... (laughs) Lauren, do you want to share the news? (laughs) Yeah, on Friday, Kyle and I, I guess technically eloped, although we didn't travel anywhere for it. We had a little wedding ceremony in our apartment with our dog and cat in attendance. Um, In Colorado, you can self-solemnize, so there was no one else. And it was, I I hate using the word perfect, but this is a time I can actually use the word perfect. Mm. So I'm married. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. It was very, um, I think we planned it in six days. Amazing. So that was intense. Um, I've already told people if I didn't text you back, that was why. Um, and yeah, and we, before we recorded, I'm like, nothing has changed, but also it's different. I don't know how to explain. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those big like life transition things and it is uh yeah lots happened and I, I guess I was thinking back I think the last time we recorded would have been August then wow which feels like two seconds ago but also so much has happened yeah yeah uh, in every way yeah so. I feel like a different person every few months lately so <laughs> yeah well and you're yeah. coming off of if you're up for sharing a little bit like yeah. a, a pretty intense weekend Yeah. um, So I'm, today's my first day back uh, from traveling to Southern California to have a memorial for my friend Aviva who passed um, in July, who I talked about uh, last time we recorded. Um, And that was really intense. We went to the camp that we met at where we grew up together um, and planted an olive tree in her name. Um, 
Yeah. It was really special. Yeah. It was really, really special. Um, the, the gentleman who was the camp director while we were kids came and brought his guitar and played a song. And like, I hadn't seen him in decades. Um, like the woman who ran the art room and who Aviva and I worked with in the art room and grew up like playing in the art room with, like she came and, Um, it was really, really incredible. Um, lots of different people from different parts of Aviva's life, not just camp, um, which was also cool. And, um, several people spoke, um, and it was really, really intense. Uh, and, um, and then a group of us went back to, um, her family's house, which is the house she grew up in, um, where I spent like, so much time. Um, so that was really wild. Like I never thought I'd be in that house again. Um, and yet ever since she died, I've like wanted to be in that house. And so Mm -hmm. I, I had the opportunity to, um, and it was intense. She's just like, she was everywhere and nowhere, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really, really intense and yeah. So, I'm just getting settled after that. And like trying, I was telling Lauren before we started recording, trying not to go into like full speed ahead work mode, um, because Mm -hmm. that's not what my nervous system or my grief needs. Um, but it feels so good to like, like, I know how to do this. Like, I know how to be in emails and how to get (laughs) my work done, but I don't know how to be with my grief, um, or slow down, you know? Um, and so that pull is really real. Like I feel better when I'm in the thing that I know how to do. Um, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't do the thing I'm not familiar with because clearly I need to keep doing that too, the grieving thing and the slowing down thing. So, yeah, it's a process. It's weird. And also, didn't you facilitate two days in a row oh right God. before you left? Yes. Uh, which I've like, honestly, that feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, Stephanie, Ghost, and Paul and I were doing the Art of Skillful Facilitation, which we now do um, twice a year. And I realized I couldn't go to the memorial and um, co-facilitate that training. And so um, I made the difficult decision to only be there for the first two days of a five-day five day program and invited May, Megan Nicholson, um, to, to join us as a fourth co-facilitator. And so they, we tag teamed several like components of the training. And then I just handed off like, okay, May, now you hold like the role of the white trans non-binary queer person in the space on my behalf, basically. Um, And so, yeah, that training was happening while I was gone and I was in it for two days and then like immediately went into packing mode and then immediately went into like flying down to Southern California. And by the way, like traveling in COVID is just exponentially more stressful, like the energy of it all. And I can't stop getting angry at people when they don't have their masks over their faces completely. And like, hopefully I get used to this at some point because it's clearly not... (laughs) changing. I don't see it changing. (laughs) I know. So it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot like between the training and then the trip and, um, yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah.
a lot of intense feelings all yeah. at one time. And yeah. I, like I said to you before we started recording, I have a feeling you're going to sleep a lot maybe in the next couple I of weeks. So. <laughs> God is willing. Um, yeah. Or just, you know, eat stuff that feels good and like baby yourself basically. Yeah. Um, I had a yeah. client describe self-care as babying themselves. As babying. I, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. What would I do for a little toddler right now? Yeah. <laughs> I, that's a really good question. Yeah. I want to, yeah. want to bring that in for sure. Yeah. Snack and a nap. Yeah. Maybe some time outside. <laughs> totally. And it's, it's like pouring rain here in Portland. Now, oh, really? So, yeah, I know. Uh, but honestly, of, yeah. that might be like the best excuse then. Cause I, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. living in Colorado where it's sunny, almost all the time, I still have that Midwest mindset of like, if it's a nice day, I have to go take advantage and, you know, enjoy it. But when it's shitty outside, which is pretty rare here, I'm like, Ooh, I'm that part of me that feels bad. If I stay in all day, doesn't feel as bad. Totally. (laughs) It might be a good thing. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. Lauren, I want to hear, I want to hear about, um, take up space because I I, I kind of want to like, I want to hear about how you created the program. I'm like, can I interview you for a minute, please? Yes, <laughs> so tell me how you landed on creating this program and how, because I know, I mean, for those of you who are new to this offering that Lauren launched recently, you, you ran like a little pilot program and mm-hmm. now it's becoming a cornerstone of what you do and what you offer. I want to hear how it, how it started and how it's going. Yeah. First of all, pilot program is a way better way of saying it than what I've been saying, which is like beta round, test round, which mm. most people don't mm. know what that means. So yeah. I might yeah. take that if that's okay. You can take okay. it, please. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> the next round I, th- I think is still going to be in that test mode. But um, yeah, so take up space um, came about uh, I'll, I'll start with like the structure of it, which is a, it was a six week. Now it's an eight week mentorship program where it's weekly calls on different topics. Um, and then, you know, and each of those has an element of some sort of grounding and spiritual practice, conversation, reflection, and even like tangible exercises. Um, the structure of it came about from talking with Brooke Monahan, who, uh, I guess in, in real lifetime right now, that's coming out with an episode tomorrow right? Um, where I interviewed her, but um, I know Tristan's worked with Brooke before, but I was at a place in my business of like, I know what I want to talk about and what I'm the most passionate about. Mm. And I, at the time back in the spring did not have the physical, emotional, <laughs> mental capacity to keep launching, like building and launching and building and launching over and over. Yeah. Cause first of all, it wasn't financially sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't sustainable for my time. Um, so, and in working with Brooke, it, I got just very clear on what I'm here to teach. And yeah. for me, I mean, I guess there's that old saying, you teach what you had to learn or mm-hmm. are learning. Um, and it's about how to let my own needs take up space, let my feelings take up space, um, let my ideas and voice take up space. Like these are things that unless you have been socialized as a cis white dude with economic privilege and all those check boxes of, you know, getting ahead, you're not really taught how to do that. Um, we're actually taught to shrink ourselves down and to make our needs mean less than somebody else's. We learn how not to have very good boundaries. Um, and so take up space takes folks from at week one, we start just with basic, like radical self-care. Um, like what are we able to do for ourselves? Obviously that's not the whole picture, but that's like one thing in our control. 
we move into talking about how do we honor our feelings and getting in relationship with the different parts of ourselves that sometimes can feel in conflict. Um, we get into boundaries and reclaiming the space for ourselves. And then all the way up to like, what's our role in social change making? How do I want to use my voice right now? Maybe I've been doing frontline activism for six years and now I need some space to rest and I feel like I'm more of a caregiver or a teacher, like we're, we're not, you know, um, linear static creatures. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the process we go through. Um, and what I love too, about doing it as a group, and this was another inspiration from Brooke is like, you learn so much from mm -hmm. the other participants. First of all, I learn a lot, which is awesome. Um, but they like the connections, they grow with each other. It's a way of like practicing, giving and receiving care mm -hmm. in a group setting in a way that maybe we're still figuring out how to apply out in our lives and in the world. Yeah. Um, and running it as a test round that first time and probably the second time too, it just, first of all, took the pressure off of needing to sell it. I was gonna be happy with two people because two people is still a group. Um, I ended up having six and they were some of the most incredible humans. Um, many of them I knew already. One is a friend of a friend and um, you know, we're still in relationship. They're just fucking cool people. Uh, and, you know, Brooke's whole philosophy, I guess, is what's a sustainable aligned business model for you. And for me, it's doing things bit by bit in these baby steps. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what's going on with it. I'm moving into this next round now that'll start, I guess, November 16th, I think. Um, yeah. And it's still like, I'm calling it beta pricing. So it's a little bit more affordable because I'm still asking folks throughout the program for feedback because that helps cool. me hone it. Um, yeah. And, and that was how I, part of why it made sense to price it so low the first time too, because it's like, I'm also going to be asking you. I'm going to be picking your later. brain. Yeah. 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 And, and truly the feedback from this first group, part of why I love them so much is they were so honest and so um, generous with their feedback that it helped me um, make some decisions about, you know, I stretched it out for two more weeks. Um, there are certain topics that I'm like, okay, for most people, they actually totally get this, but for this topic, they want two weeks on it, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of nuance. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been pretty exciting. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love hearing you say like, I would have been happy with two people and I got six, like that yeah. is worth celebrating hard. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I had a, I have a friend, Emily, shout out Emily Pantel, um, who is a coach and she's, um, her business is newer. Although I think she's been a coach at heart for many, many years. Yeah. And, um, we were talking about what group programs can look like and, I heard myself saying to her, well, two people's a group. And then I'm like, I need to remember that too for myself. <laughs> like yep. not every group program sold out doesn't need to mean 30 people or whatever. Um, and you know, another thing I did was I took a part-time retail gig um, that I have now quit because my body can't do that anymore at 33. <laughs> but that took some of the financial pressure off of that program needing to rake in a certain amount of money. Um, and now I have another gig lined up that's kind of doing the same thing going forward, doing some social media stuff. So it's like, what's the sustainable way of building something that you know you want to do, but you don't want all that pressure on it to perform a certain way. Yeah, I, I want to let it be what it wants to be. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I really think that there's something happens when we, um, want, when we attach to what it sh we think it should be that mm -hmm. we it's like we 
something happens that isn't connected. Right. Um, and, and like, like, I think about this too, when I sometimes I'll like create this carousel slide post and I'm like, this post is it, you know, this thing is going to go viral. And then the minute uh-huh. I posted it, it quote flops, whatever that means. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I need to let go of expectations. Right. Um, because when I let go of the expectation and I just allow the thing to happen the way it's going to happen, that's when something becomes alive oh and vibrant God. and magical and breathes. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and that's something Brooke talks a lot about. And I'm excited for that episode to come out because that's something we dig into together. And, you know, it, because burning myself out in order to make something work means that once it starts working, I'm probably going to have to keep burning myself out right. to keep it at that level. So like, but what's the sustainable step-by-step mm-hmm. I can take mm-hmm. um, to make something grow and happen the way that that feels good. Also, yeah. I'm not really set up to handle like 50 clients right now. <laughs> like, totally. That's just not what the program's for. Maybe one day there'll be a different structure, but um, yeah, like, like what, what do I need to set up in the present so that things can go in the direction again, that they kind of want to go. So it's coming mm-hmm. through me and it's not my own crap trying to make something happen. Yeah. Amazing. That's awesome. And I'm really yeah. excited. I know we'll drop this episode after your conversation with Brooke comes out, but I'm really excited to hear you and Brooke talk on the podcast yeah. again. So yeah. yeah, Brooke's lovely. We love Brooke. Um, well, and speaking of groups, so you've uh, your mentorship has started. Yeah. Um, so I launched a mentorship program. I don't know when, a few weeks ago. Um, September-ish? Yeah. Like I think I announced it in late August, early September. I had, I had it designed months prior, but then I just kind of sat on it and then um, met with Brooke uh, sometime after Aviva died. And I was like, I'm not super in my work. I'm not super like feeling like myself. And I was like, and I still want to launch this. And she was like, what if you launch it? And it's not, you know, quote perfect. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and what if I launch it and I don't like go all in on marketing when I was teaching the, the conscious marketing course for the accessible yoga training towards the end of it, I kept saying like, and now I'm off my game when it comes to marketing. I've like been slacking and I haven't been super engaged in my marketing or connected. And one of the participants was like, um, Tristan, uh, can I push back on that? Because you're still <laughs> showing up and like doing all these things. And I was like, thank you. I've, I've been really, I think I've been hard on myself, but not even noticing it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so anyways, yeah, I launched that program and didn't put a lot of work into you know, putting it out there. I just did it like a few times and thought like, like you, like if I get a small group of people, I, that will be great. Um, I had my father helped me create a spreadsheet to come up with crunching all the numbers, which was very nice of him. Um, and I was like, okay, I need this many people to make it work. Um, and to make it work for, I want to bring in guest facilitators. I want to, you know, compensate myself for my time. I want to offer scholarships, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was shocked to get 12 people, um, which is, yeah, totally bananas. Um, and we've had one session so far, um, but then like the accessible yoga conference happened and then I was going to LA. And so our second session is actually this week, um, mm-hmm. but it's an amazing group of folks who are all um, either in yoga or some sort of space holding profession, like therapists, um, social worker types. Um, and 
you know, we just spent two hours introducing ourselves um, and reviewing. I love that. Yeah, it was amazing. And and reviewing assumptions and agreements and several of us cried. Um, it was like, it was like a yoga teacher training, you know, when like everybody's excited and getting vulnerable from the get go. And I was like, I can't believe this is my life. Um, I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, so yeah, it's called yoga, social justice and marketing. And it's, this program is a five month program, um, where we meet two on average to three times a month. Um, and I'm bringing in Rauda, who we had on the podcast in season one. Um, she's going to lead us through what we're calling an embodied branding experience. Um, so cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, and then you're coming in. Um, and this is the cool thing, too, is like you're coming in to talk about, quote, power and money. But like that conversation could go anywhere. And it's just say, Yeah. Mm-hmm depending on what people, what shit people have around it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, and then Brooke is coming in and, um, our collaborator, Charlie Red is coming in and, uh, and we'll do a bunch of marketing work all through the lens of, of social justice, basically. Um, which feels like my work is just continuing to head in that direction. Um, and it's just very, very cool to see. Um, and then I decided, very quickly after the first session that I want to do this again in, in 2022. And so I'm going to launch another program in spring of next year. Um, and it feels needed, like not just yeah. for yoga people, but like people in general that like we start to bring more awareness of privilege and power and, and oppression into the conversation of, of business growth. Um, and so yeah, I'm really excited about it and it just feels like easy, you know, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I said to a coaching client the other day who very sweetly was like, you know, I want this to feel like an equal exchange for you. And I'm like, well, first of all, you're paying me. So it's definitely reciprocal, but, but truly it was a reminder of like, sometimes I don't feel like I'm allowed to make money. Cause it's so fun. I mean, not that I don't work. I put in effort. There's yep. labor and it, it does feel easy. And I, you know, one thing, um, I feel like I've learned over the last couple of years is like, just cause something's easy to me or to you, maybe like it, it doesn't mean it comes naturally to everybody. And that's exactly. part of what's so great about entrepreneurial work is you can offer that gift to the world and get paid for it, hopefully. Oh, and enjoy it. Like, and, yeah, and work with your friends. <laughs> yeah, I know it's wild. It's really yeah. wild. And, and, and also like, watching people on social media put the stuff into action that they've been learning with me. Like there's one um, person who was in my conscious marketing course and she's now in my mentorship program. And she put out this whole post, shout out to Allie. Um, We should link to it in the show notes. Um, She got this whole post about her rebranding process because she was using the term safe space um, in Mm -hmm. her brand name. And now she's pivoting and she was acknowledging what she's been learning about the claim that a space is inherently safe. And Mm -hmm. Um, and side note, I argue and speak about all the time, the way in which that claim is harmful and, and kind Mm -hmm. of gaslighty. Um, and, uh, Allie was like, I learned from my mentor, Tristan X, Y, and Z. And I was just like, 
oh like crying oh, and yeah. like her like the whole thing was beautifully designed and she had these image descriptions pinned in the comments and like I was just like this is the stuff we've been learning together and and I'm always learning like even while teaching the conscious marketing course I, new stuff was brought to my awareness around right accessibility on social media and so then I put that into the content and now Allie's benefiting from that and like watching mm -hmm. it spread across the internet is like and watching it shift people's lives I mean I just keep thinking like I know you and I talk all the time about Michelle and how much we adore her um <laughs> every single episode <laughs> yeah I, truly and she's always like thanks for the love and it's like oh trust me you are always going to get the love Michelle mm -hmm. um she like if I, she's just changed my whole life. So like her work and who she is has so deeply touched me. And the fact that now uh, it, through, like through me, it's now touching other people in a different way, yeah. given who I am. And it's just, it's really neat um, to be a part of this moment and the shift that's happening. I feel like there is a shift happening in yoga Mm -hmm. And I know not everybody is experiencing it um, or witnessing it or part of it. And I certainly see the, the ways in which it's not happening here in Portland, Oregon. Um, and on the internet, I feel like we're part of a community of people who are part of this conversation about the, the white nature of yoga, the, the cis nature of yoga, the able-bodied nature of yoga, the thin nature of yoga, and how we're all now not we all, but many of us are talking about it, acknowledging it and wanting to challenge it and, 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 and do better. Um, so it's really neat to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And just like all the new spaces it's making its way into as well, like yoga adjacent stuff or just, yes. I, I don't know. I, I think that this community that's happening. And I, I would say our podcast is part of that too, not to give ourselves too much credit, but you I know, the people, yeah, like just the people I've connected with through this too. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've done a lot of complaining on the podcast um, about, you know, the the enthusiasm for this work has waned since yeah. last year. And um, and yet, and weirdly, like having been in it before last summer, mm -hmm. that that crescendo, I've kind of like missed it at first. I was like, wait, hold on, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this is not to get, again, to give myself too much credit, because obviously as a white person, I will always have work to do. But there is something cool though about the folks who are still around yeah. um, cause it, it's happening in a deeper way. And I had a conversation just this morning with a really badass um, studio leader here in Denver. Um, I don't want to name them cause I, I don't know if they'd be cool with me sharing this, but they had some really great insights about, you know, a very high percentage of most DEI trainings are proven not to really move the needle right. or really change anything. And, but the people who, are making this a practice and showing up and um, making their own offers around um, this work and collaborating across all these different communities. That to me is very exciting, even if it's not as, it's not like that white sugar high of like totally. an explosion of activism like we saw last year. And obviously we need much, much more and many more people, um, you know, getting involved and, and figuring some stuff out. But yeah, it is really cool to see. And also to see the overlap between the communities too. Like, yeah. oh, I know you through this person, but also you were in this training with me and now I'm taking your training. And that's really cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was just telling Lauren before we started recording that when I was in LA visiting these friends over the last weekend and, and honoring Aviva that I felt like I was, I was the queerdo. I was the, the, the like the one, <laughs> um, the one queer person, at least that I know of. Um, and the one person who had tattoos and the one person who's doing this weird work and the one person who isn't married with kids and, um, and, and, and yet in this community that we're a part of, that this podcast is also a part of, I'm not the one, I'm not the weirdo, I'm not the queerdo. And I'm surrounded by people who see and affirm and support me and who are having similar experiences or similar learnings or similar conversations. And it's just really like COVID is still, is so hard um, and it's un, it's it's impossible for me to wrap my head around how many people have have died from this disease right. um and how how much this has devastated so much um and it's impossible for me to wrap my head around climate change and you know the status of our planet and i feel um so grateful that the internet has given us this thing that is community and connection and change and, and, and work to towards good, you know? Um, and I just feel really, yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing we're seeing right now, I mean, in in real time is this worker shortage is how it's being, but it's like, I forget who was quoted in the New York Times article I read. She was, I think, an economist, but she said it's almost like workers in the entire nation are in some kind of union negotiation. Yep. And and so I do see this bigger conversation about what work should be, mm-hmm. right? Like that we're more than our work and also we deserve to find joy in it, mm-hmm. that we're not just here to give our labor away in exchange for cash so that we can feed and give ourselves the basic needs, although not even in this right, country exactly. and then die. Um, like I, and, and I'm never going to be someone who's like, well, if it weren't for COVID, blah, 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 all this good shit wouldn't have happened. That's not helpful. It's kind of like after Trump was elected and everyone's like, well, if it weren't for Trump, we wouldn't have had this resurgence of democracy. Right. Like that's not, not very helpful. Um, and at the same time, I do see shifts happening that I don't know what else it would have taken for us to slow down this much yeah. um, and to adapt this much and really take stock of what we've been um, accepting maybe. Yeah. Some of us um, as yeah. a given, I used yeah. to think working hard was a, you know, good thing. Me too. Uh, that's not to say that I don't have days where I have long days or I put in a lot of effort into something, but it's interesting to see people's value system shifting away from like puritanical crap. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You get to work with a lot of them, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to shout out a a workshop that's coming up too. Um, Wait a minute. Let me look before I do, because I don't want to confuse things. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We're going to release this. This episode is coming out on November 10th. Um, So uh, on November 12th, uh, my partner, Christopher Hirsch, and I are going to yes. co-facilitate um, an equity statements for yoga and wellness professionals workshop, which I'm really excited about. And it really feels like an apropos time for me to bring it up because Christopher and I had a lot of conversations about, first of all, being two white people teaching a workshop on equity statements um, mm-hmm. and the complexities of that. Um, 
And we speak to it briefly on the webpage uh, if you want to read about that. Um, and we also uh, have had a lot of conversations about like, when you say you're going to teach a workshop on equity statements, people think they're going to get the step-by-step process of uh-huh. how to write an equity statement, right? Um, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I'm really excited about it because I think it inherently implies something that is going to attract a lot of people for not necessarily the right <laughs> reasons. And also mm-hmm. they're the exact people that should be in this workshop. Um, right. And I'm just really excited about it too, because we're going to approach it in such a organic way that is about orienting towards equity as a practice that then might inform how you approach writing a statement for your website or your branding or your newsletter or whatever. And so it's kind of like a, like the, the title presents like an end result, but we're going to talk about the beginning before the end result. Right. Um, anyways, I'm really excited about it. So that's on November 12th. And I wanted to mention that it's also the first time that we're, um, co-facilitating together. Um, I was going to ask. Yeah. It'll be really fun. Um, that's really cool. And it is, honestly, it feels like a big deal. And with the experience of the two of you have in that space, I think it's going to be really, really juicy. I have a couple of folks in mind I've been meaning to send that link to. So thank you for the reminder. Yeah. 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 Especially I'm, folks who might already have a statement. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have anything else coming up before the end of the year besides that workshop? I think I'm going to really slow down, um, which is funny because I'm like, slow down. I'm in a four-day training. I'm like, I'm going to be a student in a four-day training. And like, you know, I have a lot going on, but I don't think I'm going to put new stuff out there um, until 2022. uh, like independently. Cause I just, I kind of want to take a, a moment to breathe. And, you know, like you and I were talking about in the last time we recorded, um, I'm still kind of envisioning what the next step is in the, the trans inclusion work that I do. Um, and I feel like I'm going to get clearer on that over the next few weeks, um, with a training that I'm in. So, um, yeah, I'm just really in like a cooking phase, um, and a, and a, and I like pausing to regroup and reassess phase. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have too much that I've signed up for anyways. I also started taking a queer sign language training. <gasps> cool. Yeah. It's really <laughs> wild. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, who's the teacher? Oh, it's through a program. So they have like several teachers involved, but it's through a program called Queer ASL and it's all online on Zoom and they have several Um, I believe they're all deaf or hard of hearing instructors. Um, And so the whole class is in silence. Um, There's no talking and I've never done anything like that on Zoom. And I can't believe how regulating it is to my nervous system to be on Zoom and not hear anything for an hour and a half. Um, And it's really fun. Like it's a fun class. There's a lot of like learning as we go visually and then like stuff in the chat box to complement that and um, breakout rooms to practice with one another and everybody is queer. And so the space, it feels really cool and it's really neat, but there's like a lot of homework. <laughs> so I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have plenty on my plate if I'm going to be a student at all in the next few weeks. So yeah. Yeah. What about that you? That is so fucking cool. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just said that's so fucking cool. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really say. excited about it. 
you are doing a boundaries class around the holidays, aren't you? Yes. So, um, yes. And I'm trying to remember which day I want to say it's November 5th. So it might have happened after this comes out, but I'm going to sell the recording too. Okay. Um, or maybe not sell, but people can just download it. Cause it's going to be free. It's just like a one hour workshop doing some of the boundaries exercises that some of what I teach in take up space, um, and full disclosure, like part of it is so that if anyone's interested in take up space, they can experience what it's like to be facilitated by me and just get a vibe of the type of people who tend to be in my spaces who are all amazing. I'll just say, (laughs) um, yeah, especially ahead of the holidays, I would imagine more this year than last year, people are going to be traveling, if not Mm -hmm. just gathering, And, uh, that's challenging, even not in a pandemic, but, uh, when you add in extra time, since maybe you've been around certain people, uh, that can get really, really tricky. And I also think we're all navigating a lot around our work this time of year, whether you're an entrepreneur and you're setting boundaries with yourself Mm -hmm. or with clients and what you're like, the expectations you're setting for how available you'll be this time of year versus like, you know, the boundaries with a boss, um, <laughs> which can also be challenging. Yeah. Um, I just, I figured it was a needed, needed topic. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Are you going to do other like one-off stuff on stuff that you teach in the take up space or planning to, I, okay. it's, I'm still kind of figuring out what can I take on and put on my plate. Uh-huh. Um, cause once take up space starts again and these dates for this one, we've, like there's one the week of Thanksgiving, one the week of Christmas, and then one right after the New Year's. And obviously not everybody celebrates those, right. um, but I do know that's when a lot of folks tend to gather um, or travel or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that was intentional because I think we need that work <laughs> during those times yep. more than ever. Around that time of year, yeah. Um, yeah. So given that, I don't know how much um, capacity I'll have. I did quit that part-time job, like I mentioned. So that might be a little different, but it's only been about a week since I've been recovering from that. So yeah, we'll see. I'd, I'd like to, I also think, um, again, like I said, I think it's a helpful way for people who haven't worked with me before, or maybe it's been a while to be like, is this the right fit? Is this the right teacher for me? Cause I don't claim to be for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good for you. Lauren. Thank you. I was going to say, I'm also looking at grad schools, um, which means I'll be applying in the next couple months. So that's a whole thing in psychology. Um, so I was originally looking at clinical psychology, um, which would be, you know, more traditional therapist training. I think I am going to go the social work route though. Cool. Do the MSW thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes more sense. Good for <laughs> so. you. I hope that works out. I mean, I'm obsessed with, with school, um, which I think uh-huh. is, is a little complicated, um, because it feels like a very potentially white supremacist, like a uh-huh. line of obsession, you know, like as if credentialing means everything, um, as if degrees uh-huh. mean everything, um, like worship of the written word type type stuff. Um, right. but, uh, but also like learning and is just fun. <laughs> yeah. Along with people too. Like I'm yes. really hoping to find, if not a fully in-person program, then a hybrid. Cause I really want to get to know people here locally. Yeah. I don't want to be, you know, on the other side of the country. And I mean, and I really struggled with like, do I need to go back to school to do what I'm doing? And mm-hmm. obviously I don't need to, but, um, especially we, we talked a little bit about this before we recorded, but with these conversations around really high profile coach wellness guru types, like Elena Brower, um, I'm just more mindful than ever about the harm that can happen when someone 
who's not a therapist might be working in that territory, even with, you know, boundaries and ethics and all that, which I practice. Like, I just, I want to make sure that what I'm offering is as supportive as possible. I also maybe would want to go ahead and get licensed to maybe offer more traditional therapy or therapeutic modalities that I'm not currently, I'm not credentialed to do. um, Unfortunately, I think that's awesome. I can't wait to see where you go with that. And, and yeah, I, I look forward to hopefully continuing the podcast maybe while you're in school so we can hear about oh, how it's going 100%. for you and everything. Yeah. yeah Kristen, you're never going to get rid of me. I plan to do this. Like, I'm so glad. Also, um, no one can see this, but Layla's little face popped up on the couch behind Tristan and oh. it's so cute. We Hi. just, Christopher um, stayed with her while I was in LA and he discovered that if you put yoga blankets over her, the like weightedness of them, like she just like goes right Aww. to sleep and feels comforted, I think. And so she's got a little nest going on the couch right now. Oh my um, gosh. Now that it's cooler outside, Bisa's doing the same thing. We like put a blanket, a folded blanket on top of her dog bed, but sometimes Kyle will like come and fold the edges around her. Yeah. And she loves to have like her nose covered. I yes. guess it probably gets cold. It's really cute. Yeah. So you put a bow tie on her for your wedding, I noticed. Because <laughs> I was like, well, should Bisa be like frilly? Because she's a very, you know, her appearance is very masculine. Yes. Um, and we've decided like she identifies as a girl. Like she's yeah. a girl. Yeah. Um, but then Kyle's like, yeah, but Bisa's like a tomboy. And I don't know. I have no idea if that's a problematic term. I don't think so it please, is. I was going to say, please pull me back if it is. But she's a very like, I don't know. That's just, yeah, her personality isn't super feminine. Right. So um, I got her a very cute blue and pink um, plaid bow tie that attached to her light pink collar. So she was the best dog. It was the, best the cutest dog. thing. <laughs> Best dog. And, and Fiona the cat got a, what did she get? Like some sort of little veil situation? Well, so I wanted to do something like that. That was not going to be possible to put on a cat, at least not my cat. <laughs> um, and Fiona also still can't be in the same room as Bisa. So Fiona chilled in the bedroom during our ceremony and in the living room. But then afterward, I had bought this little pink cat collar and then I bought just at like CVS or something, one of those bows that people put on probably wedding gifts. It's like white and frilly. And so I attached that to her collar and put it on her just for photos, um, which she tolerated for, you know, 30, maybe 60 seconds. Amazing. Um, she is my cat of honor. Um, and because we can self-solemnize here, um, we haven't um, turned in our marriage license yet. So we're trying to figure out like how to stamp paw prints on it for the witnesses oh which have to do here some people will put like their baby's footprint it's so cute so you know yeah I'm just so like uh, in awe of the two of you doing it your way this is what I said oh. to Lauren in a text message after I learned the news but you know on your terms the way you wanted mm. to do it not succumbing to societal pressures or from family pressures to like yeah. do it and I just it's it's really bold. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's like actually kind of a radical wedding actually. <laughs> That's what I, I was like. We are trailblazers. I think <laughs> yes. um, Cause I realized the next morning, his mom texted him was like, just, you know, just so you know, some people might assume you're pregnant and that's why you did this. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, good. I'm, I figured more people around our age probably wouldn't. Cause also, even if I did get pregnant, we wouldn't rush and get married. Right. 
because of that. But, um, and also Paragard is going to stay in me as long as it can. I have no <laughs> desire to do that. Um, but yeah, so I, I had this other post, Kyle's like, whatever, who cares? But I'm like, no, I kind of care if people think. So, um, I added something like, that's not the only reason people elope first of all, but also like being such a sensitive person who struggles with people pleasing, especially when it's people close to me, this was just a way easier way to just fucking do it. Um, especially, I mean, marriage is such a complicated thing. It's not for everybody. We're obviously two straight people. So it's a different thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just, I hope it was like a testament to like, let your relationship be whatever the fuck you want it to be. And they can look many, many different ways. Um, on some level, I feel like your wedding ceremony is evidence of what you are teaching and learning in the take up space program. You know what I mean? Do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Define things on your own terms. Um, you know, identify what you need and not worrying about like what your parents want you to do, um, or society and culture and the world at large. Um, yeah, I'm really, really celebrating both of you. Thank you. And I, I do have to give families like a lot of credit like no one was at least not to our faces miffed about it everyone's been really supportive and we are going to do like a party or something next year when we have some more money um so we'll we'll get everyone together and do some mountain thing yeah or something um yeah so life is life is weird and great (laughs) totally weird totally weird I feel like this whole conversation we've covered so much and there's so much going on for both of us and it's really nice to have this podcast as a touchstone um and I I just want to say like to all of you who reach out and tell us that these conversations mean something to you and that you appreciate Mm -hmm. them like it's so um, it's really, really important for us to get those words of support. Um, cause there's yeah. like, we don't have a lot of way of knowing if this stuff is resonating and if people are enjoying them. And right. so when you comment on Instagram or you send us a message or an email, like we really appreciate it. Um, yeah. and we've got lots of good stuff planned. Um, so the next episode is going to be with Jacoby Ballard, which I'm really excited yes. about. Um, and Jacoby's got an incredible book coming out, um, which we'll talk about in that conversation. And then um, we just scheduled with Reggie freaking Hubbard. Yes. It feels like a huge deal, um, like yes. dream list right there. Um, I know <laughs> when we first started this podcast, I mean, we still have this Google doc that we kind of work off a little yeah. bit, but we're writing down names of everyone who would be like a dream guest. And one of us put Reggie, I can't remember who it was, but, and then you all connected, I think over DMS. Yeah. After the accessible yoga conference. Yeah. 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 His, his keynote speech, like if any of you haven't yet watched it, if you can go back and watch it and register to get the recording, um, or if you were part of the conference and didn't yet watch it, like that speech really rocked my world. Um, he's a really, powerful speaker, um, and powerful presence and like an unapologetic black man who is committed to yoga and committed to activism Mm -hmm. and sees the two completely intertwined. And I'm just so excited, um, to have that conversation with him. Yeah. And and both he and Jacoby share that, you know, having a true activist background Yes, and and Raji also worked in politics. I believe he worked on the Hill, which I'm very excited to talk to him about. I don't meet many other people who've done that. Um, 
And, and if you live in DC, I don't know if he's teaching in person, but, um, faith hunter studio embrace. That's where I used to like my very first yoga classes, I would go there. And I don't think he was a teacher at the time, but it's a very small world thing. And Jacoby, I feel like we've had many shared people. I know you all connected to through that. So it's, it's a lot of worlds coming together these next few episodes. Yeah. Really exciting. And Lauren and I are going to, at some point in the near future, be putting up a Patreon finally. I was going to say, I I know where you're going with this. Yes. Um, (laughs) So stay tuned for that. We have decided that um, the video recordings that we generate over Zoom um, when we record these episodes are not to be wasted anymore. And um, shout out to to Stephanie Ghost and Paul and her podcast, which is called Take Nothing When I Die, um, because... I was listening to an episode that she did recently and she was saying how on Patreon she puts up the videos from the podcast recordings. And I was like, that is such special bonus content for people who care to like watch rather than just listen. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, stay tuned for that because we'll be putting that stuff together soon and and sharing that Mm -hmm. with all of you. Yeah. And you'll see Layla and you'll see her apartments <laughs> and you'll see how I'm usually not showered when we do these. Um, <laughs> and how Tristan always has cool glasses on and the weird <laughs> hand signals we give each other. Um, and also, I mean, yeah, I'm excited about that because we've been talking for a while about how do we at least, you know, pay for the expenses mm-hmm. of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm also in conversation with um, somebody and, and we'll, talk about them if it happens, but about like helping out with some of the tasks that, you know, go into this. So I'm excited to grow in our own yeah. fun little way. Yeah, yeah. It's happening. It's growing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also, we're going to talk about our work because it's okay to promote ourselves too. <laughs> yeah. And I think like it is, I mean, if the conversation is about entrepreneurship and social justice, then how our work evolves is, you know, fits into that conversation. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, um, I hope that we remember to link both of our websites in the show notes. So people want to get in touch with us about all the stuff that we mentioned. Yeah. Um, they can do that. And, um, as always, like, please find us on Instagram too. We love talking to people on Instagram. Yeah, we do. Um, and yeah, we'll look forward to sharing the next episode with you soon. Um, and Lauren, it's been really nice to check in and chat and celebrate your big news and catch up in all the ways. Same here. I mean, literally also your big news and just your big life stuff. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Okay. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of All the Fuck In. If you like what we're doing, we'd love if you'd subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify and leave us a five-star rating and review. This helps other folks find us. You can learn more at alltfinpodcast.com. That's A-L-L-T-F-I-N podcast.com. And on Instagram at alltfinpodcast or at Tristan Katz Creative or and at Lauren K. Roberts.